few guys are really us. What number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <laughs> Hello and welcome, film buffs. I'm Hunter Van Leer, but I'm joined by my co-host and fellow cinephile, Zach Droll. We are the Box Office Losers. Each and every week, we deep dive into the movie sphere to watch and review any and all films to ever grace the screen. This week, uh, Zach, what are we talking about? We are talking about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Fuck yeah, dude. Most bodacious. <laughs> I uh, I did not realize this movie had the very first ever uh, like 69 joke. Dude, it was fucking... What number are you thinking of? 69! <laughs> nice! I was oh, watching dude. that. So I, I had streamed this with my friends. I'm like, oh my god, this is like the first ever. Dude, there's so many good like jokes in this. And um, I don't know if I have it in my notes section, but... um. There's a uh, Keanu Reeves actually said recently that he debunked a popular fan theory that Bill and Ted were stoners. He's like, nope, they're just dudes. <laughs> so, yeah, they're not stoners, everybody. Right. They're just, they're just dudes being dudes. There's dudes being dudes. All right. So, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is a 1989 American science fiction comedy film directed by Stephen Herrick and written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. The film is part of the Bill and Ted franchise. It stars Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, and George Carlin, among others. The plot follows slacker Bill and Ted, who follow, uh, travel through time to assemble historical figures for their high school history presentation. So that's the overview of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, I forgot... So, before we, we knew what we were doing for... Um, our list of movies. I was like, I want to cover Bill and Ted because the new one's coming out, and I love Keanu Reeves, and I love the Bill and Ted franchise, but I've only seen yeah. one of the movies, and I think I saw Bogus Journey, which we'll cover later, but like, because I was like, I know I've seen one Bill and Ted movie, and I know both of them almost blend together, because it's just like, excellent, wild stallions, like the whole time in both films, so <laughs> I didn't know which one I saw, so watching this one, I don't think I saw this one, because I would have remembered... The presentation at the end. I would have remembered the Oedipus Complex joke. I would have remembered, um, you know, all the historical figures and Napoleon Bonaparte stuff. So I feel like I've seen the second one and not the first one. But we'll see when we watch that one. So what'd you, uh, what, what's your history with Bill and Ted before we get to the notes? Um, I, I've only seen this movie. I, I've only seen the first one. And that was maybe about a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Right and then um, the I one. tried watching it. I tried watching two, but I just like I just didn't like it that much. Mm. I hear it's not like, as good knows, as the maybe, first one, but maybe, we'll see. Yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe I, I might feel different about it, knowing now that I actually have to get an appreciation for it. Now that we have this podcast, you don't here. have to get an appreciation for it. You can hate one of the films we're covering. Oh, well, like, most likely I will hate one of the films that that, that we cover. Yeah. What what do we got? Yeah, I might hate one or two of these on here. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. But, um, all right, let's move on to the notes section, because there's a lot of notes yes. that we totally didn't get from Wikipedia. I will, <laughs> I, I, I will open up with the first uh, three paragraphs for us. First three to... paragraphs of notes? Yeah. Go ahead. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure received general, general positivity. Uh, uh, general. Kill me. Do you want me to read it? <laughs> Yes, it's way too early. I'm normally I'm normally asleep by then. Okay, right I'll now. read the first three, then you can jump on the next ones, and we'll see where it goes. So, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure received generally positive reviews and was a success at the box office, grossing forty point five million dollars with a six point five million dollar budget, double that for marketing, but still. 
That's it. Actually, really? that, that, it tripled its budget basically, and it was made for under ten million dollars. <laughs> and you can see how like old this film is. With like they barely use any like CG, and when they do, it's obviously terrible. Like there's like three set locations because they they filmed like two weeks in Italy for the uh, the castle stuff, and a lot of the Waterloo That's stuff cool. was like on some hill somewhere in California. <laughs> Um, the screenplay was written by Ed Sullivan and Chris Matheson in early 1987, two years before the film came out. I think. Yes. <laughs> Based on a comedy stand-up routine they had performed while in college. Director Stephen Herrick called the screenplay incredibly laugh-out-loud, but recognized that some of the off-center humor targeted only a specific audience. The film was either going to be a huge hit or a huge flop, he said. He also stated that while shopping this film... Uh, to distributors was super difficult. He said uh, Warner Brothers wanted to produce it within $10 million, like a $10 million budget, but could not figure out how to fund it. And the film ended up being picked up by uh, Dino DeLantis through the DeLantis uh, Entertainment Group, or DEG. And it was eventually made, obviously. Um, during a 1991 interview, co-writer Ed Sullivan said the characters of Bill and Ted were originally envisioned as 14-year-old skinny guys with low-rider bell-bottoms and heavy metal t-shirts. Um, they were despised by the popular kids at school, but once Alex Winter and uh, Keanu Reeves were cast, he said um, they had to change the image of the characters because Alex and Keanu Reeves, uh, quote-unquote, who look like pretty cool guys, it was hard to believe that they'd get bullied by popular kids because they're two brodacious bros. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Keanu Reeves at this time. Like, he he definitely was a heartthrob for a lot of that era. Yeah, he did a couple rom-coms, I believe, and then he jumped onto this, and then after this was, like, his, his skyrocket to stardom with, oh yeah, like, Matrix Speed, and then eventually John Wick. <laughs> With a lot of good okay, things it, in between. It, it's going to be so weird when we cover three just to see Keanu Reeves not in a very, like, hard-hitting role. Uh, I mean, we saw him in Always Be My Maybe, and he was in a comedy role, but he was playing an exaggerated version of himself, so it was basically a parody. We haven't seen him in and a non-serious role be in, the SpongeBob movie. in forever. Yeah, but that's going to no, be see, two but, seconds. But, but also, like, also hearing him try to be, like... Like, uh, oh, Ted. Act like a dude? Yeah. Yeah, he, it's gonna be so weird, because he's, he's 50 years old. Dude, I've seen the, um, the trailer for it, and Alex Winter still looks and sounds basically the same, but Keanu Reeves looks so different, and it's hard to not see him as John Wick. So he's like, what's going on, my beautiful people? And it's like, but it's the Keanu Reeves voice, so it's super deep now. I was watching yeah. this, and I was like, yeah. Keanu Reeves sounds so different now. Like, he went through, like, a smoking phase, I guess, and his voice got, like... Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, opposed yeah, to, it, it what's going like on, dudes? It sounds like he took one too many punches to the throat, pretty much. <laughs> Not to say his voice is bad, but it's so drastically no, yeah. different. It, it, it was yeah, 20 years ago, weird. but still. All right, it's just um, crazy, or 30 Continuing years. on with the notes. Yeah. Um, originally, as a uh, spec script, the film had been called Bill and, Ted, um, Bill and Ted's Time Van. While the core plot was similar with Bill and Ted on the verge of failing their history class and uh, threat and threatening to r ruin their idea of forming a band together, um, events in the spec script in um, initiated when the pair had borrowed a van from their 28-year-old friend, Rufus. 
While driving the van, they ended up in Nazi Germany. And after some hijinks, bringing Adolf Hitler back to Sam Dimas in the present, while they continue to collect other historical figures, uh, Solman, um, what was that word? Affirmed. Affirmed, sorry. This clearly became problematic, and Hitler was switched out with Napoleon in their final script. Yeah, because bringing Hitler to the present would not be good, even though there's a bunch of movies that did that, but back in the day, this wasn't, like, something that was going to fly. So they decided to switch him out for Napoleon, who's still a bad dude, and who could still use, like, a good reality check, but didn't mass genocide a bunch of people. You know? I I guess also they probably switched out the van, so they didn't get... Yeah, there's notes down here. As, yeah, there's, also, as a Back to the Future clone. Yeah, there's a second bit of notes. The van, yep. which was originally supposed to be a 1969 Chevrolet, was abandoned as being too close to the concept of the DeLorean in Back to the Future. It was later replaced with the phone booth as a reference to the TARDIS from Doctor Who, which is a phone box that could travel through space and time. So yeah, we were going to have Bill and Ted riding in a van from their 28-year-old adult friend Rufus... That could travel through time, and they're going to pick up historical figures, the first one being Adolf Hitler and leaving him in Sandemai, or whatever it's called. However you pronounce it. Sandemus. Yeah, Sandemus. Wow, I suck at that. Sandemus. So, how crazy would that have been if it was Bill and Ted's time van and Hitler was in the movie? (laughs) Well, see, also, I can now imagine since it's a 28-year-old friend, so we would have never got George Carlin. Oh, uh, they, there's actually, uh, I don't know if I have the casting notes here, but uh, George Carlin wasn't even supposed to be Rufus. It was supposed to be, um, they were going to get Eddie Van Halen to be Rufus because they made so many references to Eddie Van Halen, and they weren't able yeah. to get him. So they decided that they wanted to go, because of the budget, they decided they wanted to go with other rock stars who may have been cheaper. Ringo Starr was on the list. Um, like ZZ Top was somewhere in there. So it would have been cool to see them, but then eventually they settled on George Carlin because Sullivan or um, one of the other producers um, w- just finished up wrapping a movie with uh, Carlin and thought he'd be good for the role. Because it's not even like a big role. He's there for maybe yeah. 20 minutes total. So uh, About maybe less than that, actually. Yeah, Because like, you have the very first scene where we introduced to him when he goes back to the future, and then at the end. Yeah. It's so probably a combine, maybe like 15 tops. Yeah, that sounds about right. A solid 15. Uh, do you want to talk about the casting real quick? Uh, yeah. Uh, where is that? Okay, that's, that's right here. <clears throat> yeah. Herrick screened between 200 and 300 actors for the main role, um, asking actors for... Try- to try for both parts during the audition because they're basically the same character bill and ted it's very hard to differentiate between the characters and i don't know if i have the note here but um oh i don't uh keanu reeves and alex winter said sometimes they forgot who they were playing because both the characters are exactly the same yeah so they're not exactly the same the military dad the oedipus complex you know the hot the hot stepmom and then this slightly different you know (laughs) which really threw me off a lot That was funny, but most of them were exactly. I, I the, completely exactly forgot the there was a. Hot... Hmm. I completely forgot there was a hot stepmom in this film. Yeah, and it's. It, did you do you remember one of the lines where it's like, dude, she was a senior when we were freshmen. <laughs> <laughs> Which means. Oh, not hear that. I'm, I guess I was like, I was just too zoned out. Yeah, they whisper it at oh, some point, no. but like they um. So it, it's 
confirmed that his dad broke up. His dad's a teacher at the school. So his dad broke up with, um, or he's like the principal or something. His dad broke up with the mom, got the divorce, whatever, whatever time that is, because they don't talk about it. And then started dating one of his uh, graduating classmen. That's that's ridiculous. Oh, that's fucking funny. Keanu Reeves. Your mom's so hot. That's your mom. (laughs) All right, continue. (laughs) Yeah. Keanu Keanu Reeves was one of the first to audition, and Hera quickly identified him as their Ted, making much of the rest of the casting to find a match against Reeves. Alongside Reeves, 24... Um, actors were called back and auditioned in various parts to find a good chemistry. On the day, Reeves was one of the first to arrive along with Alex Winter. And while waiting for their audition to start, found out that they had a lot of personal details in common, such as common interests in bass, guitar, and motorcycles. They quickly developed a a rapport between each other during auditions, which earned them the title roles. Hell yeah. Imagine not getting Bill and Ted as Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. I know Alex Winter isn't as big as actor as Keanu Reeves was, which is unfortunate because I kind of like uh, Alex Winter a little bit more in this film yeah. than Keanu Reeves' character. Because I feel like Bill is the main character in this in this series. At least uh. from my standpoint. They're both like the main characters, don't get me wrong. They're the titular characters. But I feel like Alex Winter had more stuff going on than Ted did. That makes any sense. So, here's the fun little tip. We're on on the topic of casting. Um, the person that they got to get um play as Freud is actually Feeny from Boy Meets World. Nice. I think that was Feeny. I could be wrong. Well, it's someone you can check it out later. But um, you know, yeah. just imagine having different dudes. And there's actually we'll get to um. Some spinoff stuff later that has Bill and Ted not being played by Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, and the reception is not good. Uh, so, the picture had been planned for a 1988 release, and filming and production had been completed on schedule. However, the original film distributor, DEG, fell into significant debt in, the, in late 1987, and by 1988 had filed for bankruptcy. At this point, the film was in post-production, and Herrick attempted to show around the rough cut to other distributors, and the rough cut was about two and a half hours long. Um, Jesus yeah, goodness. exactly. Imagine having two and a half hours of bodacious Oxalon. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'd be in, but be good to each other. Apparently, there was be excellent to each other. They had there, there's apparently a scene at the beginning of the movie that had to get cut where it was an entire musical number for the first like five to ten minutes of the film where they're arriving to school, but they had to cut that out. Unfortunately, oh god. Um, here we go. Uh, Hen Hennick said many of these companies were confused, asking him, are there kids that really speak like this upon seeing the film? However, the cut had an extremely popular reaction from a test audience of volunteers pulled from local malls, which led to a small bidding war from production companies to get the title. Some of the former DEG executives ended up at Nelson Entertainment and, along with Orion Pictures, were able to secure new distribution rights for the film by 1988 for about a million dollars. That's pretty cool. At least a lot of the DEG guys who ended up working on it were able to secure what they had, you know? And I love how a lot of people were like, do kids even speak like this? Because <laughs> they're the only ones in the films oh. who sound like they're, like, illiterate. If that makes any sense. Yeah, you're not wrong. 
I I I guess I, I I like this movie a lot. I, oh, dude, I love this movie. My rating. We'll get to the ratings. My later. rating at the end <laughs> might say differently, but I, I I do like this movie a lot. Yeah, no, I absolutely love this movie. It, it's just it it hits that little like niche that's like um. I don't know, it hits this little niche in, in, like, the bottom of my heart where it's like, we don't get films like this anymore. And I'm glad Bill and Ted 3 is coming out, like, yeah. what, next week? To see, like, maybe they can harness what they once had and make it, like, as bodacious as it should be. Because, like, yeah. th- these films never come out anymore. Like, I can't remember the last time we had a weird teen movie where all the characters weren't absolutely ridiculous or flossing. So, we'll see. I know it's a film of the times, but still. Despite, um, so, okay, kind of getting back into the, the notes that yeah. were definitely not ripped off. Despite no, of course strong not. Ticket sales, <laughs> despite, despite strong ticket sales, um, compared to the budget, a critical review were more mixed, especially at the time. The film has an 80% um, approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes based on 49 reviews with an average rating of 6.57 out of 10. And the Metacritic gave it like a forty-four percent out of a hundred, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, <laughs> I guess none of them are fun. Uh, of, of all things, like you, you have Rotten Tomatoes give it like an eighty percent rating, which Rotten yeah. Tomatoes is very critical. Yeah, and they actually um, made it harder to become a reviewer on their um, on their thing. You, audience reviews are still popular, like audience reviews are still yeah. there, but to become a verified Rotten Tomatoes reviewer, you have to go through like a bunch of fucking loops. You know, like fucking. Anyway, time for us to go through those loops. <laughs> Never. You can try, and that would be awesome. But <laughs> I'm good. We can just do audience reviews. So, a theatrical sequel titled Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was released in 1991, with rumors stirring about a third film in 1992. But they were quickly dashed by winter. This is way before they announced it. Uh, finally, Bill and Ted, a Bill and Ted three film, was officially announced to be in pre-production on May 8th, 2018. And they were calling it Bill and Ted Face the Music. It's supposed to be about them facing the reality of uh, what they've become and what they need to do to fix uh, more future stuff because they're being chased by, like, a fucking android. <laughs> um, on March 20th, 2019, a video film... Fe- a video film? A video featuring Winter and Keanu Reeves was posted online, which announced the third film in the franchise would be released in the summer of 2020. And to my knowledge, it only got delayed, I think, two weeks... And it's just coming out digitally uh, the twenty eighth, so in two days. I'm actually, I actually remember when that first uh, video dropped online. Oh, dude, it was great. Like, like the, the entirety of like, and everyone who likes like the eighties and nineties pop culture was like, "Oh my god, it's happening! It's finally it's here!" Finally <laughs> <doing> it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I remember, like I said, I've only seen one of those movies by by this point in time. This is my first time watching Excellent Adventure, so I've only seen yeah. Bogus Journey, and I was like. I love these two characters, and I love the the cultural impact they had on society and popular culture and media and stuff. But like, I've only seen one of the films, so seeing that there was a third one coming out like twenty years later with the original two guys coming back, not trying to reboot it, not trying to get different people, I was just so blown away. I was like, "Are you fucking serious? They're getting Keanu Reeves, who is just John Wick." To come back. It is so. very sad that we don't have Carlin anymore, though. It is unfortunate. We missed it by, like, what, two or three years? Um, I think so. I think he I think he passed away. Yeah, I think 2015, uh, I think. 
Okay, so about uh, five years or so. I will double check that real quick. Yeah, double check while I read off the uh, next set of notes. Yeah. So, two spin-off television series were produced. Both were titled Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. One of them was an animated series that first ran on CBS in 1990, right before the second movie, and featured the voices of Winter, Carlin, and Reeves returning as their roles in the, in the, uh, from the film. And a second season, which only ran eight episodes, ran on Fox Kids with the voice cast of Fox's then-up-and-coming live-action series. So, season one is Reeves, Winter, and Carlin. Season two is um, Christopher Kennedy and Evan Richards, who are in the Bill and Ted live-action series that only ran for seven episodes on Fox in summer of 1992 because it was fucking terrible. Um, Carlin actually passed away in 2008, so we were about... Jesus Christ! We suck at this. Twelve years. Yeah, that's still crazy and unfortunate. George Carlin is a treasure, but it sucks that he wasn't able to be in this film. But... What's cool is, like, he was able to voice the animated version of Rufus, which was cool. Yes. And then, um, like I said, and then in season two, they got um, Evan Richards and Christopher Kennedy, who played Bill and Ted in the live-action series, to be in the animated one, which is weird. Like, I understand not being able to get Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, because at the time, they were huge, and after those films, they were even bigger, but just don't. (laughs) Just don't do that. Yeah. The animated series is... Is, is decent. Season two is not that good, but then the live action show is just god awful. I watched one episode, the um, uh, I want to say a while back, just because I didn't wanted to see what it was, and no, it is basically just the first movie, but each episode is that. It's like they go back in time to do something with this guy, and then they bring him to the past, present, and then he gets lost, and then they have to go find him, and they bring him back. It's that every episode. There's no overarching plot, and it only ran for seven or eight episodes, so. It sucks, but what are you going to do? Final bit of news. I will talk about it because I am the comic book boy. Uh, DC Comics produced a tie-in comic following the plot of the first film, which came out around the same uh, time the home video came out for the film. And then a sequel was adapted by Marvel Comics. Uh, The sequel film was adapted by Marvel Comics, which published to coincide with the film's release in theaters. Its popularity led to on to an ongoing Marvel comic book series titled Bill and Ted's Excellent Comic Book, which is written by Evan Dorkin. It only lasted 12 issues, and then years later, uh, Boom Studios picked it up around 2010-ish, and they developed three comic book series. The first one titled Bill and Ted's Most Triumphant Return, then Bill and Ted Go to Hell, and then Bill and Ted Save the Universe. I have the omnibus next to me. I'll post a picture of it on social media when this episode comes out. But um, goddamn, so Bill and Ted ruled. Is it, <laughs> so is it confirmed that Bill and Ted are, are, are in the are, are in the Marvel universe? Technically, yes, but also no. Can we get them in the MCU? <laughs> I mean, Keanu Reeves might be in the MCU soon. He's rumored to be um one of the villains in one of the upcoming movies. So, he, it's supposed to be either Eternals or Fantastic Four. They haven't figured it out yet, and I'm like, this would be time to figure it out. So. Uh, yeah, so that's all the notes we have for this. There's a lot, uh, a lot more. If you want to check out some of the notes, you can just research it or check out Wikipedia, which is what we did. Uh, I mean, we totally didn't. What I might do is <laughs> I might just, um, make a separate, um, drive public and I'll post that in our link tier. Oh, like our notes? That we have. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Even though it's all just plagiarized. <laughs> it's not plagiarized, I swear. We gave them credit. We gave credit to Wikipedia. <laughs> Yeah, but we don't know who wrote it, so we're just going to say thanks, editor thanks. on Wikipedia. Thanks, Bill and Ted Wikipedia editor. All right, so do you want to jump in on the plot, or do you want me to start? Uh, 
I I'll jump in since uh let me redeem myself. <laughs> Hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> um in the year 2688, which is a great year. Exist. I'm going to interrupt you already. 2688 is a great year to set the a future film in because a lot of people get fucked over. Like Blade Runner they did 2019 was the main film, and, like, there were flying cars and androids and shit, and then 2019 hits and we're fucked. Back to the Future did 2015, no no fucking hover uh, boards, no fucking self-tying shoes, none of that stuff. They just went, fuck it, 2688, all the way out there, let's just go, because I'm not going to hit 2688, and if I do, fucking cool. I'm not going to hit 2688, though, so I'm never going to know if Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are... 600 years old. (laughs) I would be, like, fucking old as fuck. But still. You'll be just a head in a wheelchair at that point. I will be down for that as long as I can see Keanu Reeves, the Keanu-sance coming to play, where it's like, everyone knows who he is. He is immortalized. (laughs) Anyway, continue. Sorry to interrupt so so early. in In the year 2688, humanity exists as a utopian society due to the inspiration of the music and philosophy of two great ones, Bill S. Presquire Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan on the, uh, on the citizen and one of its citizens, Rusev, is tasked by the leaders to travel back to San Dimas, California in the year 1988 using a time machine shaped like a phone booth to ensure that the young Bill and Ted um, then then dim-witted high school students successfully pass a history class. Should they fail, Ted's father, Police Captain Logan, plans to ship Ted to a military academy in Alaska, ending Bill and Ted's um, fledging bit. Is that fledging? Fledgling. Fledgling. Then the Wild Stallions. Wild Stallions! And Altering History. Yeah, so this is a cool uh, way to open it up. It's basically like a cold is. open. Instead of like opening up on Bill and Ted doing something stupid, we get this weird dystopian society, uh, utopian society, where it's like these two young guys made music that stopped everything. Because we get like a cold open from Rufus specifically, where he's like, Peace on Earth, no wars, everyone's great, even the dirt's clean, because of these two musical, lyrical geniuses. And I'm like, Bill and Ted, really? Okay, sure. But it's just so cool to see, like, um, that's how they open it up. And then they jump to uh, California in 1988, and then we see Bill and Ted with their little, I'm Bill S. Preston Esquire. And then they run over and get the camera, and I'm Um, Ted Ted Theodore Logan. Logan. Yeah, it's fucking great, dude. Um, the next bit of Palat, Rufus finds the two teenagers struggling to finish their history paper, which tasks them to describe how three historical figures would view the present San Dimas, uh, trying to obtain helpful uh, help from customers at a local Circle K convenience store. Uh, Rufus initially has difficulty convincing the two uh, of his convincing the two of his help. When a copy of the phone booth time machine arrives, and Bill and Ted versions uh, versions of Bill and Ted from some hours in the future step out, which was such a weird concept to me. Well, like when you're seeing yeah. Rufus trying to be like, "Hey guys, don't worry, the time machine's great. You got to trust me." And then all of a sudden, Bill and Ted come out, and I'm like, "Oh, this is like some nuanced time travel shenanigans." 
Like, not a lot of movies do this where they interact with themselves when they're younger. Because a lot of rules of time travel is don't talk to anybody, don't fuck anybody, don't eat anything. Those are the rules well, in time so, travel. So well, seeing that... Even the, if you look at it, they don't follow the rules anyway. Oh, I know they do. They take everybody and they... goes, <laughs> hey, rewind your watch. He yeah. never does. <laughs> yeah, he forgets to wind his watch because then they're going to be late. But then they end up not being late. Spoiler. <laughs> so, it's just super cool to see, like, that they already broke the norms of time travel by having um, future versions of themselves come out and tell them, dude, listen to Rufus. He's excellent. Don't worry. Ted, remember to wind your watch. <laughs> it's uh, uh, to the princesses for us. Um, yeah. And send our love to the princesses. Uh, they're able to convince their earlier selves that Rufus can be trusted by correctly guessing the number that both of them are thinking of, which is 69. <laughs> This was the first ever 69 joke. I don't think it was the first ever, but it was one of the first ever 69 jokes. So I'm excited that they thought that that was fucking funny. 69! How'd you know? Where are you, dude? It's so fucking stupid. Uh, So the future Bill and Ted briefly discussed their situation with Rufus before disappearing. And we don't get to hear that until later, which I think is cool. How they even, like... So Bill and Ted go, go, like, hey, Rufus, can you talk to us? And the other two talk to themselves. And you don't hear the conversation that the future Bill and Ted are having. Until later on, when the current Bill and Ted are the future Bill and Ted talking to the past Bill and Ted. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff to keep track of. But it was super cool to see that. Um, And then they end up going to, uh, they disappear into the the, the time box and leave. Yep. Rufus offers the pair a demonstration of the time machine. Taking them back to 1805, where they find Napoleon leading his force against Austria. As Rus- uh, as Rusev, Bill, and Ted depart back to the present, Napoleon is thrown by a cannonball explosion into their wake, and is dragged through the circle of time to the present. Rusev, uh, Rufus takes a moment to explain that time will continue to progress normally for Bill and Ted, and they cannot miss their class presentation. Which is another cool next... thing for uh, time travel to do, where it's like... Yeah, because did, didn't, like, Back to the Future mess that up? Yeah, Back to the Future was like, you can come back at any point in time and nothing's going to be fucked up. In this one, they were like, no, 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 your timeline, the one that you're affecting, needs to be kept, kept in constant track, so that's why, you have to, that's why Ted has to wind his watch. So it's cool that, um... They go, you can't just fuck with time and then go back to the time right before you you did anything, because then it's going to be fucked yeah. up. You have to actually, like, keep track of what you're doing. And that comes into play later on when they're in the police precinct when everyone gets arrested. Sorry for uh, the Time will continue as, normal, as normally for Bill and Ted, and they cannot miss their class presentation the next day. And the departs leaving the empty time machine for the two. As Bill and Ted discuss where to go next, they discover Napoleon stuck in a nearby tree. This gives them an idea of kidnapping historical figures and bringing them into the present to complete their report. They leave Napoleon with Ted's younger brother, Deacon, before traveling. Deacon! Deacon! (laughs) if If you think about this too, this also kind of messes up a timeline since now you're taking historical figures away. Well, they put them all back. But also, like, my joke in my head is, imagine if they took um, Lincoln, like, the moment before he was assassinated. (laughs) Or they took him right before he freed the slaves. (laughs) Oh, no. Imagine them going back to the fucking future, and then everything is like, oh, no. (laughs) That would not be cool. 
Because I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, what happens if they took him, like, legit? Like, this was him getting ready to leave. To Abraham to Lincoln, him. duck! John Wilkes Booth is gonna shoot you! And then Abraham Lincoln jumps off the thing and lands in the time machine and they disappear. <laughs> and then John Wilkes Booth is like, what the fuck? And then, it, it's just very weird because you, you can think about certain things on on how they can easily just change history. Yeah. Alright, now it's up to you. Now up to you, buddy. So, uh, the two of them are the two of them are successful in befriending Billy the Kid and Socrates. While they're befriending Billy the Kid, this is not part of the uh, thing. Socrates, yeah. So while befriending Billy the Kid, they uh, show up and then they play poker with him and they don't know how to play. So they're like, "Oh man, I got three aces!" And the other guys are like, "Are you cheating? What are the, what's your game here with these fucking idiots?" And then Billy the Kid's like, "I don't do any of that." And they just have a cool little bar fight. They throw Bill and Ted through the wall and they see like. The harlots in there and they're, they, the brothel. Yeah, and Ted keeps putting his head back in. <laughs> and then, um. Like, stop that. Yeah, and they eventually run away, get to the time machine. Then they go to Greece and they see Socrates, and, um, he doesn't speak English, so they're trying to convince him to come with them. So Bill goes, um, we're all like dust in the wind, Whew. always dispersing, or whatever he says. And then, uh, Socrates is like, Oh, and then they just follow him. Um, yeah. Then they stop in the 15th century England, where they um, find where they become infatuated with the princesses Elizabeth and Joanna, who future Bill and Ted tell them to give our love to the princesses, but not. <laughs> but then, um, while they're in there, they dress up in armor and start having like a five-minute sword fight. Yeah. And then they kick bit Ted down the stairs, and then it looks like Ted dies, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like. Did they just kill Ted and then Bill has to go back and save him with the time machine? I was like, what movie is this? And then it's revealed no, that... Uh, I just got knocked out of my suit and I fell downstairs. Yeah, he's like, I fell out of the suit and only got to keep the shoes. And I was like, what the fuck? How does that even work? Anyway, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, then we see uh, them about to get executed, but then Socrates and um, Billy the Kid save them. They end up running... Um, yeah, this leads them to get in trouble with the father of the king. But Billy and Socrates rescue them, and the four of them escape through the booth, uh, but it's partially damaged on their departure. They end up in the far future, discovering society based on their influence, and are inspired to complete their report with extra credit by kidnapping additional historical figures, Sigmund Freud, Ludwig von Beethoven, Genghis Khan, who they lure in with a Twinkie, I think, uh, Joan of Arc, yes, and then President Abraham Lincoln. After a brief stop in prehistoric times okay, to repair so, the booth, um, where they give everybody chocolate pudding and gum... <laughs> So I, I, I'm gonna say this: whoever they got casted as Joan of Arc, good casting, because that, because like Joan of Arc was a very attractive female for her time. But she was also like a lady boy, so it's cool that like they gave her like um, a boyish frame a with like a feminine face. Yes. No offense to the actress who uh, played Joan of Arc, but I think that was the, what, what they were going for, because Joan of Arc was a very young warrior who disguised herself as a uh, boy, and then. Like Mulan revealed herself to be a girl and still was badass. So, yeah, it was cool. Like Mulan coming soon. Yeah, yeah which we'll talk about in a couple weeks. <laughs> We're doing a Bill and yeah. Ted marathon, folks. Don't worry, we'll get more. Um, where was I? Uh, after a brief stop in prehistoric times, where they repaired the booth and they gave everybody gum and um, pudding. pudding. Uh, they fi Bill and Ted programmed the machine to return them to the present, but 
end up outside of Circle K on the night before, where Rufus was introducing himself to them, which is where we see the, the little time thing happen, where they show up, 69, and then they talk to Rufus, and we actually get to hear what they're talking about. And um, they uh, just talk about, like, a man on the time machine is damaged, uh, we keep kidnapping these historical figures, um, and I forgot to wind my watch, but don't worry, we have 10 hours, and then he's actually like, no, you only have uh, 2 hours, so get, get fucking going, dudes, because we need our utopian future to still be around. So that, oh, that was cool, that we actually get to see the other side of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they convinced I, I, I think this is still very good, though. Like, I... It, it's interesting to see them, like, they could... Because they break the norm of time travel. Exactly. Like yeah. Um, um, when they arrive, Ted learns that Deacon had ditched Napoleon. After going to, um, the ice cream uh, parlor and then the bowling alley. Yeah. They leave the other historical figures at the local mall to learn about Sam Demas. While they seek out Napoleon at a local water park, Waterloo. It's called Waterloop, but it looks like Waterloo. So they're like, where would I go if I was Napoleon? Waterloo. In San Dimas now. And they both go, Waterloop. And then it, we have like a cool little montage of Napoleon throwing kids out of the way to go down fucking water slides. While, while, while gone, the historical figures get into trouble and are arrested. By Ted's uh, father, Captain Logan. Oofa doofa. Oh, I so I I still find this funny. So when they're in the um, in the police station. So if for anybody who kind of like paid attention in history class, Sigmund um Freud, he was the type of person who saw um incest as okay because he dreamt about having sex with his mother. Oedipus complex. Yeah. Yeah. So he, that, that's why he was like, um, to, to one of the cops, tell me about your mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got some nice little, fun, little jokes in there. That, that's a, if you if you pay attention enough and you you, you do know your history, you kind of get you get some of the jokes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, Bill and Ted go to the police station to execute an escape plan based. Uh, on using the time machine in the future to set up what they need in the present, which is, again, another cool thing that they broke from the time travel norm. They go, yeah. what if we just, in? what if two days from now, we leave the keys in uh, the fucking, oh god, in the police station? And then Ted goes, oh man, I guess I did steal them. Because back in, earlier in the episode, uh, in, the, in the show, oh my god, in the fucking movie, they, um, they realize uh, that uh, Captain Logan can't find his car keys, and then... Ted's like, I didn't take them. I don't know what's going on. And then it looks like he did take them. And it's cool that they're setting up all these little, like, they leave a fax machine for themselves. They leave um, an audio recording of Ted saying, hey, Dad, I'm over here. Come here. They leave a garbage can flying in the sky. Zeppelin. Wild stallions. <laughs> yeah. So it's cool that they set up, like, these intricate little things of saying, Do we just got to remember, if two days from now, we go and set everything up. For, like, we go back in time to the time they need everything and set everything up. And I was like, that's cool that they're not, like, you know, following, again, the basic norms of time travel where you don't interact with anything. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Um, with all their historical figures uh, recollected, the two gather, the two give their presentation at the school, which is a rousing success, allowing them to pass the course. And this scene goes on for, I want to say, like, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, where it's, like... Genghis Khan, and he's doing, like, fucking cool knife tricks yeah. and shit. And then we have Joan of Arc, 
um, who's like, she's going to... Can, can we also mention how... Go. I, I want to mention how Billy the Kid opens fire into yeah, a just, public school. He just shoots old... Because they don't believe it's the actual um, historical figure, so they just think it's some guy who was pretending to be Billy the Kid shooting a fake gun. Just to get their Still. attention. At least that's what I gathered from it. He opens fire. And he just... He just pulls out a gun in an auditorium and fucking pew, gets everybody to listen. But then we see like um, a, a lot of like the uh, a, a lot of them talking about shit. Like Socrates uh, doesn't know English, so Ted is uh, Bill is translating. Then we see Sigmund Freud talking about how um, Logan's father puts all this pressure on him, and it makes uh, not Logan Ted's father puts all this pressure on him to make him act like he wanted to be, but he couldn't, and, like, dreams aspiring. And then he's like, Bill, how about you sit down? He's like, no, I just got an Oedipus complex. It's okay. And then the it cuts to the dad and the stepmom, and they're just like, huh? And I'm like, Haha, that's fucking funny. But he mispronounces Oedipus. He says he says epidity complex, I think. So, it, I don't know, it's just funny. And then we see Abraham Lincoln uh, give his four score and seven years ago speech, but instead, he says, um... Be, score in seven minutes ago. Yeah, and then he says, be excellent to each other. And it's just so cool. It's, it's such a nice on, little... Yeah, dudes. And, yeah, and then they all go back in the time machine and leave. And then, spoiler alert, they end up passing their historical presentation exam, so... With an A+. Plus. Yeah. yeah, because, dude, if, if they didn't get an A-plus on that, I would fucking flip out. Because that was... God tier presentation right there. The dude that went right before them so, was just a jock um, who was like, "Football, yeah!" And I was like, "Okay." So, um, uh, are, are we gonna like even touch on the fact that there was still a flight planned for uh Ted to get on? Oh, for the Alaska thing, yeah. So they um yeah. So is it just after they get Deacon out there, <laughs> maybe because Deacon doesn't appear in any of the other movies. It makes sense. Uh, up until three, so we'll never know. Yeah. Um, so they do this... Uh, so th- after they get in trouble, the dad says um, that he's booking a flight to Alaska tomorrow, regardless if they pass or not. And um, they're like, no, whatever. And then, yeah, you said they had a, he had a pre-booked flight for Alaska that he's not going to. So, so maybe Deacon just went. <laughs> maybe. So sometime later, Rufus returns to Bill and Ted, presenting them with the two princesses before they were committed to pre-arranged marriages. Noting that the women um, will also be a part of Wild Stallions. Uh, Rufus asks the group, uh, as they, he asks to join the group as they play, but upon hearing the cacophony of music, admits to the audience that they do get better. Because <laughs> it's just, because they, uh, throughout the entire film, Bill and Ted say, man, we should really learn how to play guitar. <laughs> Which I thought was funny, because they're like, super about being in a band, and they do, air guitar stuff and they don't know how to play which I just think is funny uh, so I with this scene like, when um when when Rufus like is playing guitar I don't put it past George Carlin to know how to shred oh no I it looks like it's not him because they cut away a lot but I wouldn't be surprised if George Carlin knew at least at least a little bit yeah because you, you just practice you could learn how to shred if he only did that one thing he could learn how to do it you know it's not like he's yeah. learning to shred every single time in different times. He's just doing that one sh- bit of shredding, so. Yeah. I find it entirely possible that he did it. All right, Hunter, do you want to say your review? So we're going on to uh, our reviews. I'm giving it 
10 most excellent air guitar solos out of 10, because I fucking love this movie. It's just such a refreshing, I, even, even though it's back in 1989, it's just such a refreshing take on time travel, as opposed to like what we got from Back to the Future, or Time Cop, or any other time travel movies that I can't think of, because I don't watch a lot of time travel movies. Uh, Project Almanac, or uh, Hot Tub Time Machine, I guess I do watch a lot of Time Machine movies. Project anyway. Almanac, I, so I'm actually in the, since so you bring up the movie, I'm in the minority, I kind of like that movie a lot. Which one? Project Almanac. I didn't say it was bad. I said I, I, I said I do watch a lot of time travel movies. I thought it was good. Maybe we'll talk about Project Almanac sometime soon because I thought it was pretty good. Uh, and then there was a Spike um, Lee movie about time travel called See You Next Time. I do watch a lot of time travel movies, man. I'm weird. Anyway, so I, I just found it super cool that we got like these charismatic set of characters who were basically up and coming actors just a little bit. I think Keanu Reeves did a couple heartthrobby rom coms, and then uh, Bill Winter. I don't. Really, uh, Alex Winter. I don't really know what he did before. Bill this. Winter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alex Winter. I don't really know what he did before this, but to land the lead role like this and have the charisma he did, I think he uh, would have needed to have something. And then having George Carlin show up is just cool. So like having these almost nobody actors play these like charismatic, timeless uh, pop culture icons is just such a cool thing. Especially now seeing Keanu Reeves being again like in the Keanu sense that I was talking about before that he's coming back full force after John Wick. Because I remember for a long time, after The Matrix and Speed, Keanu Reeves was in terrible movies, terrible films. And then all of a sudden, we get John Wick in 2014, I think? And it is just God-level Keanu Reeves. Like, yeah. he's back full force. And then after that, every film after John Wick 1, except for Knock Knock, and I think Destination Wedding, which came out last year, have been excellent films he's been in. Oh, just... Mm, I love Keanu Reeves. So, just seeing everybody, sh like, so young and in their prime and, like, showing off that they can still act even as kids and not just that they grew better over time, even though some of them did. It's just cool to see, like, what they did. Um, a lot of the jokes are great. There is a there is a joke that is a little unfortunate that they made. So, after um, Bill and... T after Ted is revealed not to be dead in the night suit, they both hug and then they yell... Fag to each other, and I think that's really After they hug. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, ooh, I was like, that is a little uh, not so timeless right there. But in back in the eighties, I'm not saying it was ever appropriate to do something like that. But back in the eighties, it wasn't, you know, as frowned upon as it is um, yeah. nowadays. And you can choose to edit that part out if you want. I don't. I'm not saying a slur towards anybody. Just I'm just quoting something because yeah, no, it, it just shows the side. We we, that quote that does not re reflect our opinions. No, anything. it's just weird that they like, like, that's just something they did in that film. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, and it makes sense. Cause like back way back in the day when me and my friends used to hug, we used to go no homo, you know, yeah. <laughs> or we go, I love you, bro. No homo. So it's just like, it's just of the time. So it, I found that funny, but also entirely not timeless and like, oof. But a lot of the jokes, like you said, the first, one of the first 69 jokes, like, it's just so cool that they were able to get away with so much and make it such a cool uh, time capsule, essentially. So that's my, you know, review. 10 out of 10. Most excellent. Uh, what are, what are you, what's your review, Zachy boy? Um, my review is uh, 9 Napoleons eating a bowl of ice cream out of 10. Piggy wiggy. Oh, you're a ziggy piggy. <laughs> so, like, I... <laughs> that scene was yeah, great. This movie, like, I... Like, I, I love time travel movies just like Hunter does. Um, Back to the Future is one of my all-time favorites. We're actually going to cover uh, that. In the original Box Office Losers, 
um, timeline. We were going to do Back to the Future first, but then we ended up not um, yes. being able to start it when we wanted to. And then uh, Back to the Future is not even on the list of movies we're going to be watching for the foreseeable future, but maybe we'll make it, um, well, we might change it 17. Around. Oh, yeah, I, I already switched stuff around from what we had planned. But, yeah, sorry for interrupting. I, no, that's right, yeah. So, like, with, I love time travel movies. I love the, the, the theory of you, you can alter your own you, you can alter your own history or you can mess it up. But yeah, like, Groundhog uh, Day, Palm Springs. Also in, um, in Project Almanac. Project Almanac is a really good oh, example of time such travel. Such a good film. It, it, it's a good example of a time travel movie, too. Mm-hmm. It, it messed yeah, me up. Should, it really if did. You like... If you like um, Project Almanac, you should definitely check out See You Next Time uh, or See You Later or See You Then. It's uh, Spike Lee's movie on Netflix. It's a time travel movie. It's really good. And it hits a lot of the Project Almanac um, story beats, but it does it in a better way, at least from what I've seen. Maybe we'll talk about it once you watch it. But definitely check it out if you liked uh, Project uh, Almanac. Uh, m- more with this movie since um, like, I am also a big Keanu Reeves fan. I love Speed. I love John Wick. <laughs> Like, like, John Wick was like, uh, I think that was a movie I saw with my cousin on his birthday, and it was so good. I still have, I, I watched two, I still have to watch three. Oh, three That's on my, so good. It, it's on my list of movies to watch. Um, the things I, I wish they, the reason why it's one point higher than a perfect is because, like, there definitely are some things that could have been done better. Oh, I even like, though I gave it a 10 out of 10, I totally believe there are some flaws in this yeah. movie. I just liked it so much, and it, it talking about it and just making you think like what a time capsule this is really just makes it like anytime I give a movie a ten out of ten, I always take it with a grain of salt because I one like too many things, and two I'm not the best critically. A lot of my things are never below like a four, even if it's a god awful movie. I, I, but I, I just love this, and I know there's flaws in it. So Zach, if you have any flaws, talk about them. <laughs> I like um like so I I always try to go into movies that I actually enjoyed. Like without like the rose tinted glasses, because then there's personal bias in them. Like with like the the, the Breakfast Club, I have my own biases because it's it's a movie that I think I I watched my sister and I just loved it. Yeah. Um, like when we cover old movies too, like like a lot of things, like I think my the first movie I ever remember watching was E.T. So I'm probably gonna give that a ten out of ten if we watch it. Yeah, even though there are things wrong with that movie as well, but I would yeah. consider that one of the masterpieces of cinema. But we'll talk about that later. Cause, yeah, because like I, so I, 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 um, like the, the problems that I saw were that like you have um, uh, some something because you need to think about how they 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 took these guys out of their timeline. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, what are you doing? Oh, but that's a, it's okay. a funny comedy. You don't got to think about it, you know. Even if they it's were taken out of the timeline, you just, you just don't think mainly, about it. That's mainly my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Uh, is, is that your final wrap up for the episode, Zach? Yeah. Or do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. We're, All right, we're, we're clocking this ad at um at fifty one minutes. Sounds good. All right, so thank you guys for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at uh, at Box Office Losers, and Twitter at Box Losers. We're still trying to clear it up. Don't worry, guys. Maybe we'll get it. Maybe we won't. Um, we'll, so we'll never get it. <laughs> yeah. So follow us for up to date um like just episodes really, and any cool posters like on our Instagram. I keep posting a bunch of posters for each and every episode we talk about. So filling up the days. 
And then you guys can also leave comments on anything, and we'll talk about it. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to get more interactive with a lot of the Instagram, social media stuff. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and, and also, uh, leave a review and stuff, too. Because on um, Apple, you, if you oh. don't leave reviews or ratings, we're, we're not going to move up the ranks. Like, yes, people will still watch us, which is awesome. We love you guys. But you got to give us reviews and comments and stuff so then we can climb up the social podcast ladder just to get up at the big boys. And then... um. You can also you can also get get us on Spotify, Beaker, um, Pocket Cast, a bunch of other services that are all linked on our um, on our Instagram. Yeah, I will also move the link tier over to our um, Twitter if it's already there. That's not there. I haven't done that yet. Yeah. So like we are all like we are. Thank you, Anchor. We, like you know we we don't talk about them that much. Um, guys, use Anchor. If you're making a, if you're making your own podcast, because they help you get out there and they promote your stuff as yeah, much they, as they can. Even though they say they only distribute it to nine places, they actually distribute it more. So like it, uh, my comic book podcast, Android's Amazing Podcast, hashtag shameless plug. Um, we have uh, uh, Anchor says it only distributes to nine major platforms plus itself, so you have about ten. But I found um, when I was looking for uh, logos and stuff for you know for inspiration. I found that our podcast is actually on apps that um, Anchor doesn't tell us about. So that's kind of cool. It, it sucks that it's not going to keep track of the analytics for the sites that it doesn't necessarily yeah. talk about. But it's cool that we're on every so we're on every single podcasting platform. So hopefully by the time this episode comes out, we'll be on Apple Podcasts. Even though we keep telling you to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we're not we're not on there yet. But fingers crossed, we will be there soon. That one takes about the longest to do, with Spotify being the easiest apparently. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you guys for watching on yes. YouTube because I forget that we do a YouTube show. You can follow us on Box Office Losers at YouTube. Um, it's more of like it's just a picture of the thumbnail with sometimes a movie clip interspersed here and there, depending on what Zach wants to edit. Yes. So definitely check that out. That is um, true. And uh, thanks guys for uh, listening. Uh, peace out. Oh, and um, because I forgot to um edit the picture that's going to be in our next episode that I said I was going to put in, which was the Daniel Radcliffe. Um, so if you want to put that on the Instagram, I'll, I will um, put it on the Instagram once the fight club comes out, our episode, which is yeah. Friday. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So tune in every Friday for this guys. Um, uh, be excellent. Party on peace. Be excellent to each other. Party on dudes.